All right, uh, continuing on today. Uh, we're on Hebrews, right? I believe we're on verse 30, of course. Yes. <laughs> uh, why don't we begin with a word of prayer? Our dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you uh, for the faith that you have given uh, to, to the patriarchs, uh, to all the faithful in the Old Testament, and also for us, O oh Lord, as you guide us and lead us by your word. Bless us on this day of Pentecost, knowing full well that by the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, you have given us uh, the gift of faith in Christ. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, Pentecost is such a cool thing, you know. It's like, uh, it's like we always want to do a Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, you know, and go back. But uh, I know my movie quotes sometimes, I know it goes over your head, but uh, um, I did see a really good movie uh, the other week. Uh, what was it called? Um, oh. Actually, it was okay. But... No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, Pentecost. What a, I, I always, I am so fascinated by Pentecost, how it, like, it's so radical all these different languages coming, but yet hearing it in their own languages, you know, they could have, I mean, if it was like, okay, it was in Greek or Aramaic or Latin, and I'm like, okay, that's a plausible thing. Uh, but in their own languages, this is an amazing, this is how the Holy Spirit works, and, and for us too, you know, uh, this is the gift. So definitely uh, a time of thanksgiving as we uh, dwell upon the work of the Holy Spirit that continues to work right now. All right. Jericho. Uh, Jericho. Anyone uh, know the story of Jericho? Um, did they... How did they... How did the walls fall down? Did they grab their um, catapult? They walked around the city for six days quietly, and on the seventh day... So they blew their trumpets and shouted, and their walls came down. And the walls, and the walls fell out. So later in excavation, that's weird that the walls would fall out. Not, they were not catapulted inwardly, pushed down. They were God's power out. Yeah, so, so right there in the story of Jericho, the Israelites followed by faith uh, in the very word of God. And... You know, it's interesting, you know, how God works, that many times it is just by his word and by radical ways to which he defeats the foe, right? And Jericho, if we know the story, I think we went through this in Joshua, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they very well knew what was happening. I mean, the Israelites were toppling down all these kings, all these territories, and Jericho was actually in great fear, as they were closing their doors so tightly, knowing that they could be next. Now, you would assume by Jericho's standard uh, that they would think that they're going to attack us maybe by, by sword or spear. But simply by the word of God, they were defeated. And that's how faith works. Uh, yeah, so why don't we read uh, verse... 30, real quick, verse 30, if someone could read that for me. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell 
after the people had marched around them for seven days. All right. So is that how things fall? By marching around for seven days? Like I could tell my kids seven times to uh, shower. Still doesn't work. <laughs> so maybe the 15th time in the nighttime, I say, Go take a shower now. And they're like, okay, finally, we will. Uh, seven times around, and, and the walls fell down. Now, again, uh, this is the act of God. And if, if Vivian was there uh, hearing this very word, and, and Dave was there as well, and Jeff, uh, yeah, let's just walk around the city with the trumpets, with the horns, and, and they're trusting the word of God to, to break these walls. I mean, humanly speaking, human reason, remember, we're talking about this like last week, I believe, uh, versus human reason and faith. Uh, what should they have thought? Like, are you kidding? <laughs> like, how can walls, oh, my coffee, sorry. How can walls fall down? I mean, how can this wall fall down in Jericho, right? I mean, it just doesn't make sense. But yet by the word, there uh, the walls would fall down. Um, I'm going to close this. It's a little windy today. But uh, here we see uh, the picture of the tension. And we talked about it today in the sermon today a little bit about the work of the Holy Spirit. What do we say? We said not by our own human reason or strength do we come to him, but the Holy Spirit calls us by the gospel, right? Calls. It's his work. And therefore, it's going back to what uh, this word does. Oh, now I'm getting excited. It's great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I woke up at 5.30 today and I drank, you know, I always think those coffee measurements aren't real. It says six cups, and I'm like, that's not six cups, that's only two cups, right? You have no. three, a lot of times they mean six, five ounce cups. Well, who drinks five ounce cups? Obviously do, do we do that? <laughs> do you do five ounce cups? No. Anyways, so, anyways. So you drank all six? Of course, of course. But I was, I was barely, um, I mean, I was awake, but not, it didn't jolt me up, you know, it's just like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm awake. So uh, he, he, he calls us, oh, by the word, and, and here we see uh, the, the difference between human reason versus faith, and that's why this faith chapter is so great, because as we look at these examples, these, these definitely rub against our own human reason. You know, faith, we talked about a little bit last week about knowledge. Knowledge is good. Knowing the Bible is great. But it's, it's the gift of faith to which we trust in this very word, right? And it's that gift of faith where in Jericho's instance with the Israelites, there they trusted in the word of Christ, and there they circled around Jericho, and, and very well they knew what? that these walls would topple down all by the word of God. Now, again, in their, in their position, many things had happened before that, as God would give them victory over so many different instances, and yet uh, they continued to follow in this word of faith as they circled around Jericho. Now, 
I just can't imagine Jericho, though. What are they doing? They're just walking around. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like, what are they doing, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, all they were doing was trusting in God's word, and, and that's the life of faith, you guys. And, and again, I, I want you to see this in your own life in a sense of how this is relevant to what you are going through right now. Human reason versus faith. Okay, so um, apologies. I know I thought I had more notes, more extra notes. I know some of you don't have the notes for you. But as I told Jeff this morning, my table here is becoming like my office, which is not good. So anyway, so just please follow along. We'll get to the new handout, which I will have for you right here. But um, the next verse right here is um, if you ever want to talk about Jericho or see Jericho in the story, go to Joshua 6. Uh, But verse 31, we talk about who was in Jericho, and that is who. Verse, uh, so could read that for me. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient, because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. All right. Uh... Why don't we turn to Joshua 2 and read that together, 8 to 11. Joshua 2, verses 8 to 11. If someone could read that for me. All right. Um, so right there, before we uh, continue to read, uh, we, we see right there, what is, what is it, Nancy, what is that last, that last verse? What does that say about her faith? She had faith in God as opposed to um, the faith in the gods of the country. That's right. Uh, so right here we see her confession of faith that for the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. Uh, So when we talk about obeying God rather than men, uh, there she was in the confines of Jericho. Again, what what was the the risk there for her, you think, of of taking these guys in, the spies who were checking out the land? What what was the risk? (laughs) I mean, I mean, just imagine that she welcomes them in, and she uh, she basically hides them from the authorities, right? Uh, And this, again, is that tension of human reason would be what for Rahab? What would Rahab think um, in this moment with human reason? I should do what with these guys? Report them, right? Uh, And we talk about Rahab, and we talk about her human reason is to report. Um, But what does she do in faith? She she basically, when when the authorities come... She, she hides them, 
right? Uh, and, and clearly we see uh, by faith, she very well knows who is the God of all things, and that is the one true God that, uh, that overcame Og and Sihon and all the territories, the kings, and here uh, the Red Sea she mentioned, right? So she's telling the narrative of all the mighty works of God. That's where her faith is. Um, and again, how does that relate to you? Anyone? The mighty works of God and, and faith. How does that relate to you? Yeah? And? I know you're onto it. It's all in his hands. It's all in his, you know, we don't need to worry. We have faith in him that the outcome. Well, and Rahab is in the line of promise. Oh, thanks for bringing that up too quick, Nancy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Don. You got a very wise wife right there. But uh, she's one, one of only few women mentioned in the Bible by name, which makes her very important. You know, and, and I think the key is, is that, you know, she wasn't, Rahab wasn't perfect. Uh, she, she definitely was a sinner uh, based on what we see here in chapter 2 of Joshua. Um, but here we see that faith is what? Is it about being a sinner in, a, in the light of self-righteousness? Or is faith simply about trusting in, in the midst of your own sin, the mighty works of God? A lot of times, you know, when someone asks, oh, no, we're going to do the hypothetical blended <laughs> share. Oh, they're, they're here. You, you know the spot. Why? You know the spot. I'll move next. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, if someone asks again, I, I always ask that question, like, how, how faithful are you? And when you hear that question, how, or how, how faithful or how is your faith, uh, quickly your natural reaction is to kind of bring, gather all together all that you've done and say, oh, my faith is good because I've done this. A, a lot of times it's like that, right? Uh, but when we talk about faith, it's not our works, but is the gift of faith in the grace of God and what he has done for us. Our trust is in his work. So when someone says, and I know it might sound arrogant because people have a view of what faith is as something of self-worth or self-righteousness, you could say, my faith is great. And why is your faith great, Dave? Sometimes it's not. That's the only problem. <clears throat> There's doubts that come up every day. There is doubts, but why is your faith great? Because it's not my faith that was given to me. That's right. There's the Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 here. That's right. I mean, Dave's right. You know, we see in the Gospels, you know, I believe. What does it say after that? Help my? So we face that tension, but at the end of the day, faith, as we talk about the works that Rahab was recounting about what the Lord had done and what she had heard from the grapevine, is that uh, they didn't have internet back then, by the way, um, or Wi-Fi. You know, kids, they're all like, where's the Wi-Fi, Dad? Power's out. I'm like, you know, back in the day, and they roll their eyes. Anyways, but... Uh, 
she trusted in what that word gave. And this is where the faith is, right? So very important when we talk about Rahab, what was on the line and how possibly dangerous it was for her. But yet her faith was in the word of Christ and the word of God. And as Nancy said <laughs> just a little bit ago, uh, in Matthew 1, we clearly see the genealogy of Christ. And there in verse 5, uh, uh, we see the word or the name Rahab, right? So why is that interesting? Not only that she's in the genealogy of Christ, but God was God was breaking down the walls of Jericho. But even more, there in Jericho lied the family line of... Who would have... By human reason, if you said the line would go from this land of Jericho, you would be like... No. Really? Right? But we see the story of God and his genealogy, and we see how he works. All this is radical. From the walls falling down to Jericho, to Rahab, and being part of that family line, and, and to her faith. Uh, with the authorities uh, in the midst of her, uh, she, she saved those, uh, she, she protected the spies. And what does she say uh, in verse 12? If so could read that for me, Joshua 2.12, so we could read that. And 13, sorry. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. All right. So again, so here we see what about Rahab? You know, she is staking everything on this moment, that her faith is staked on the promise of, the promise of God and his word, right? Um, I can't imagine being in her situation, but yet in faith, she was saying, save, save our family, um, salvage us uh, in the midst of all things. And, and of course, uh, they would say, yes, we will. And, and this is, again, why is this so great? The story of salvation. You would think the story of salvation would be like this pristine line where everyone was holy. And, and, and we'll talk about the judges. Trust me, they, they have a story too. And, and, uh, but uh, you, you would think by our human reason that his line would be just filled with just perfect perfection, right? Uh, but no, I mean, his family line, um, ever since the fall, you know, you very well know humanity, right? And, and we see this story going forth. But with this family line and all that they were, what does this show about God? It shows his... <laughs> oh, you guys get my um, mouthing techniques. Mercy, that's right. It shows his mercy. 
Like this whole, you know, this whole story about Rahab, this whole story about Jericho, you see her recounting the Red Sea and all that is there with the crossing. I mean, this is all not just uh, uh, recounting uh, what God had done, but it is his merciful hand that delivered them from the hands of Pharaoh. And this is where faith resides ultimately in Jesus Christ. Right? So when we talk about Rahab, when we talk about Jericho, again, these are all pictures of the Old Testament faithful and how God would even work through genealogy. I know I'm, I'm going through genealogies in Genesis. That's right, we are. Um, and uh, I think a lot of times when we talk about genealogy, it's just like, okay, a lot of names, right? Uh, but really thinking how God, every step of the way, he is working. Um, I mean, we, we look at Jericho and we say, oh yeah, that, that's right. You know, we know the children's story. That's a famous children's story that we read when we were little, right? Uh, but Rahab, I mean, that's a great, that's... But the children's story is more often than not about the walls coming down. I know, that's right, and that's where it, and it stops. Misleading. And, well, it stops there, so it doesn't complete the story. Yeah, well, they are kids. No, but be careful, guys, with the children's Bibles. Some of them, if you look through them, they actually, some of them don't have, they don't talk about original sin, so be careful. Some of those, you know, the, the first Bibles that you get, with the pictures and everything, which I love. I love pictures. Uh, they don't talk about the garden. So just always be wary of what you get. Read it before you give it to your children uh, because you just never know what. Uh, but anyways, yes, yes. To me, there's a very subtle division starting at chapter, or verse 30. There's no title headings or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But if you really look at it close, everything that happens after verse 30 was after the law was given at Sinai. So if you sinned at that point in time, you were under the condemnation of the law. But by faith, every one of these people, apart from the law, were saved. Whether it's Rahab or judges, all the rest of the And what what you're saying there, Dave, if you go back to um, Hebrews, if you could switch back there, uh, Hebrews 11, what does it say? And we'll just jump ahead a little bit, a little, a little bit there. If so, could read verse uh, uh, 39 and following. If someone could do that for me, verse 11, uh, chapter 11, verse 39, and so could read that. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Verse 40, go ahead. God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us, so they're all basically they were all looking forward to uh, the coming of Christ. Uh, they they didn't see him firsthand. Uh, all these um, Old Testament faithful, but they were always in anticipation of what was to come in the coming Messiah. And this is uh, again the picture of faith. Now, for you guys, uh, why is faith in the unseen so radical? Why is that so radical to the human reason? I mean, it's an obvious answer here. It's not, it's not, um, 
I mean, there, I mean we, you know, there's always studies on historical artifacts of the Bible and all those things. But at the end of the day, uh, I think there, there comes faith, right, in the word of God, which uh, we talk about the faith chapter here at the beginning. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of the things not seen. So your faith is beyond your human reason. And that's the tension we face. Because we love human reason. Well, we need it. To read what you just wrote, what the Bible wrote there, you need human reason to read. You need commas and periods. And I still don't know why they do the semicolon and the two dots. And the, you know, I always get confused when I... That's why as a pastor, we're not grammarians. So if you see my sermons, they're like... Two complete thoughts joined together. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Webster's. Appreciate it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Anyways, yes, Marjorie. Um, I was just going to say that when you're talking about human reason and um, the story of Jericho marching around, I just envisioned some scientist out there saying, oh, well, you know, the effect of people marching around for seven days is like an earthquake. Oh, so it weakened the walls. So, of course, that's why they fell. Of course. Yeah, but it's it's that on one side, but then on the other side, it's the I believe help my unbelief. It's that tension of uh, our fallen nature uh, of sin and the radical gift of faith, faith in the unseen. And as you guys live your life in the faith, what you see is the unseen every single day, and that is the word of God. And that's the tension that we face, because what we see physically, uh, that usually is what we trust. And what is unseen, we kind of push that to the wayside when, when the going gets tough, right? So, so this is very important. I mean, look at Rahab, the scene. What is the scene for her? I mean, this is, you're in big trouble if you, the Israelites, what is the scene? Oh, Marjorie, like, yeah, let's just stomp our feet and... Somehow, or the, the wind, maybe, of, of what we're doing here might... I mean, these are walls. Are, they weren't just piddly walls. I mean, they were walls to a fortress. So it wasn't like the big bad wolf, all right? <laughs> I could just blow the house down. This, is, this could only be by the work of God. And uh, again, this is where the unseen really is about faith. And how is that faith given to you? by the word of God. And that's why you're here today right now. You know, as you heard in the sermon today about the Holy Spirit and his work. So, anyways, uh, Marjorie, yes, before we go on. When, when we are reading this about what she then said to the spies, in some churches, I could see where this could be a very dangerous thing to be reading about if you believe in, well, God, if you do this, I'll do this. Mm. And there's a lot of people who kind of bargain with God that way. And oh, for sure. And you see this as her saying, well... Oh, I never thought of it that way, but I guess... Shelter you, you've got to swear to me, because she doesn't just say promise. Yeah. She says, swear Oath. to me Oath thing. that this will happen. That's right. So that's kind of a really slippery slope for uh-huh. some people. Yeah, good point. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think transactional God, bargaining God, you know... Um, 
she's not really bargaining with God there. She's bargaining with the spies. Right. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's, I, I don't know, Bart, bar, I don't know if that, uh, I, I think based on the interaction there, she has a great conviction knowing that what she is doing full well, that there is the one true God who will save her, right? That's, I think, the key right there is that she knows the one true God will save her, and that's faith. Like, you have the one true God uh, that when we die, we know that death has been Oh, thanks for raising now. Swallowed up. Oh, yeah. And this is more like grab, but swallowed up, right? Oh, death, where is your victory? First Corinthians 15, right? So th- this is a picture of, uh, uh, of our faith. And this is what Rahab is doing. She put, she's putting everything on the line, not because of her own work, but because of faith. But, but if you read it, though, too, you have to think about the perspective. She says, now, then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family. Not to me. She already believed that. It's like in the New Testament, what do they do with baptisms, right? They baptize not only that person, but the whole right. household. It was like, whether they believe or not, I want you to give me assurances that they're saved. And, and if you swear by the Lord, in the Lord's name, right. there's safety in the Lord's name. Yeah. She was kind of like acting on their behalf. Hey, I believe. I want you to save them on behalf of my belief in a, in a sense. And what Carrie said about the Lord's name is very important right. because, again, with pagan gods, Nancy, you said it earlier, uh, the Lord's name. And that's... There's another little part to this. If you keep going to verse 17 of Joshua, chapter 2, verse 17, the men said to her, this oath you made us swear will not be binding on us unless... When we enter the land, you have tied this scarlet cord in the window, which is a lot like the blood over the lentils of the Passover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As a sign, right? As a sign. That's right. Yeah, and even in verse 19, it says, if anyone goes outside your house into the street, his blood will be on his own head. Which well, is the same you leave the building. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good point. Good point. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Yeah, life without Dave. Hmm. What would that be, Lord? Anyways, um, <laughs> all right, uh, continue on here. Verse 32. Uh, why don't we just read? Uh, well, yeah, so, someone could read verse 32 for me. Uh, verse 32. Hebrews 11.32, sorry. Hebrews 11.32. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith... Did you want me to read 33? Sure. Sounds good. Who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions. All right, so um, 32, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah. David, Samuel, and the prophets. So we start with Gideon today. Uh, Gideon, uh, one of the judges. So judges, we're not talking about um, Judge Wapner here. <laughs> oh, now you get it. Okay, good, good. <laughs> Judge Wapner, the people. The judges were military uh, commanders who would, in Israel's sin, uh, would be called to uh, basically uh, save the people 
from a lot of it was what? Because of their sin, they would fall to much oppression, and there the judges would come in to do what? To be the military commander called by God uh, to save them. Right? It's all this kind of back and forth of, and we see this all throughout history, right? This back and forth, you know, uh, everything's great. We believe in one true God. After a while, what happens? They start kind of falling to disbelief and falling to uh, the word of God, and they're going on their own way. And here the judges come in, but yet the judges as well. Gideon is the first one, as we talk about here today. Uh, it, was, it was a miracle, based on human reason, that they had won. I mean, when we talk about uh, uh, Gideon right here, if you uh, look at, actually some of you don't have your handout, but here in the handout, Gideon started with 22,000 military, and the Lord said, cut it down. Have you ever been into war and say, cut it down? No, you say increase, right? I mean, that's my human reason talking, right? We, the more, the better when it comes to war. Uh, but he said, cut it down to 300 men. The Midianites, over 100,000. I mean, Don could do the math. Of course, here. <laughs> 100,000 versus 300. You tell me the result. Of course, right? That would be an astounding victory for the Midianites. And again, Gideon, you know, he was known to be a, very hesitant. He needed the proof. He was kind of like that, uh, I need to see before you want me to do this, Lord. So he had this offering which the Lord consumed, and, and he had this fleece, prove to me that you are God. And, and there, uh, finally, he had the third sign of going to the camp and hearing what the Midianites were saying about their dreams. And in that interpretation, in that very moment, he knew that they would win, and finally he went, right? So Gideon, though he was a great military commander, he's just like us. Does that make sense? He, he had his moments of, I don't know, and to reduce your army to 300 men and still go out courageously, that's faith, right? Uh, but, it would, but as you said, the three things kind of had to build his trust up to the point where he could truly be confident in that faith. Sure, sure. Um, and, and we know, we definitely can, can relate to Gideon. Because trust me, you and I both know sometimes, help me in my unbelief. I believe, but Lord, help me. And, and this is his moment where uh, the Lord is working on him, calling him. And finally, at the end of the day, he proves victor. And again, radical work. Only credited to who? Gideon? No. To the work of God and his mercy and grace and his word. This is the life of faith, you guys. It's in the unseen. Everything we see, you and I both know, is probably not the best way to go when it comes to faith. It's to trust in the Holy Scripture and what he gives. So right here, uh, the story of Gideon, one of many, and we'll talk about more next week, like Samson. I love Samson. You know, Delilah, Delilah, come on, right? But, you know, again, at the end of the day, Samson does reign supreme, even though, we'll talk about it next week, even though it seemed like all was lost, you know, good, good flowing.
hair he had, um, but yet at the end of the day, he would also prove Victor uh, um, as well. Um, but anyways, um, but as we talk about these Old Testament judges, and again, the kings, as we see this progression here, um, these are all examples of faith. And the common denominator with all these people is that they weren't perfect. They were just like us. But yet, what really is the distinction is their faith in the word of God. Not in their merits. Again, I, I say this because when we say they had a lot of faith, a lot of people conclude what? They were good and righteous people that never heard a flea or never sinned. No, these were people like us who's had the same toil, but yet their faith was in the word of God and what he had done for them. And this is the key to faith, is trusting in, in the Holy Scriptures and, and his promises through all things. Um, yeah, Glenn. Just comment. Uh, you wrote it up there, merciful hand. You think about Gideon. God had a merciful hand. He, he gave him the three things to build his trust, and he didn't basically say, hey, you don't believe me? You're out of here. I'm going to get somebody else. He gave them the, he had mercy and gave him the opportunity to build that trust. Mercy. Right. And so for us, even though we might not feel like we have the greatest trust, I think God's merciful and gives us the time to get to that point. And that's why when we repent, we say the Lord is faithful and just, and he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God for his mercy, right? You, know, you think about that little incident and read it closely. It's very similar to Moses and God calling him out burning. of a burning bush. Yeah. Oh, I can't speak well or, you know, this, that. All kinds of excuses. Well, they know what I've done. They know what I've done. Yeah. You know, it's just... And so God keeps going. Yeah. This is his choice um, to lead the people out of Egypt. Uh, Gideon was his choice to be the judge of Israel at that point in time, the mm-hmm. And so with 300 men, he destroys. Yeah, who needs more than that? Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, if you really think about that one, it's because who did it? The Lord. That's right. Very good. All right. Why don't we close there? Uh, five pass. Let us pray. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the gift of faith on this day of Pentecost as a Holy Spirit, the mighty rushing wind, Lord, your word that that not only convicts us, but comforts us in the righteousness of Christ. Lord, bless us in your peace. Lead us by your word and sustain us in our pilgrimage of faith. Lord, for all these things, we're thankful. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, friends, have a good day. Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmorepark.com.